0: Welcome, welcome. Here we are with another episode with Coach Kathy, and today I have an honor of having a special guest with me. Today I am speaking with ADHD Coach, who is on Instagram, and his profile is quite a unique profile because he has... um, little emojis of himself, and a happy message throughout the week and days, and it's quite unique. So when I put out a call that I'm looking for guests to be featured on my podcast, he reached out to me and said, hey, count me in. So here we are. Hello, ADHD coach.
1: How are you?
0: Great. Thank you. So for our listeners, tell us a little bit about yourself, please.
1: Well, I was diagnosed at a old age, not old. Well, I was 31 and I'm 34 right now. So during my life, I kind of knew something was not right, because I had a lot of energy, which people would try to calm me down. And I had a lot of creative ideas that I just kept going and going. And even to when I was maybe around in my 20s, I just couldn't rest or sleep. So I knew something again was wrong. And it was like 10 years until I actually got diagnosed. And when I found out I had ADHD, or even before I found out going into the doctor, I told myself that if I do have ADHD, that I was gonna do something to help other people that don't have have the time or the resource to go to a doctor and be diagnosed. So once I found out, I said, you know what, I'm gonna start this blog and help as many people as I can. And I guess what I wanna do this podcast because I want to hopefully reach out to many of those people that are struggling and probably are not diagnosed or have a family members or their children um, because the educational side sometimes uh, doesn't, well, you know, they tell them, "Oh, well, your kid just doesn't listen," and it's actually an ADHD. So hopefully, I can share some of the things that I went through, and it was all because of ADHD.
0: Awesome! Thank you for giving us your time for that. I'm sure there's a lot of listeners that are in different stages of it. Um, I actually was was talking to someone a few weeks ago who, you know, felt like. They had it, but then didn't want to go get the diagnosis. Like there, there was hesitation. So tell me about your diagnosis. Um, you're based out of U.S., and I know in every country it's all different, right? So, did you get a full-blown diagnosis? Like how was that process? Because a lot of people are curious about that.
1: Yeah, the process it's kind of well, it's kind of boring for an ADHD person when you're there because mm-hmm. they want to see how well it's ADHD. You know how well you can just say or look at a screen and then they also reach out to some of your friends they send them a a link to see okay how does this person act or does this it's like about 50 questions and for me too just sitting down and answering questions that I got the link for was kind of boring I was like oh I don't want to do this Mm -hmm. but again it was because they were (laughs) the one to see my ADHD I got that done and then once they diagnose me because they go by i think like a, a scale of how bad your adhd is and then they test out oh, you know what you are right there on the adhd so we're going to take some we're going to put you on medication which i agree because there's other ways too. So you can do medication or you can go to therapy
2: yeah and i
1: decided to go to medication and it worked so then once again i, I once it was confirmed i had adhd and the medication was working It was one of the best things that has happened to me because I realized at that moment, I still remember the day, October 7th, (laughs) when I got diagnosed. And it was one of the best things because I knew that my entire life that while I was struggling through things that it was not me and it was my ADHD. So all those times that I felt that I was dumb or why I couldn't focus or why I just couldn't do normal things,
2: Mm-hmm.
1: or it was my ADHD. So I kind of had an answer to why I did those things.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: again, it was it was a relief too, just to find out that it was that. So again, it was just like, it's it wasn't me. It was my ADHD.
0: That's awesome. Let me ask you uh, the medication. I'm curious about the medication stuff. Was the first one, the first type that they gave you, was, was it the one for you or did you have to go through different types of medication till you found the one that was the right fit. It
1: was, it was different ones. Um, first the one was Adderall mm-hmm. and we started like at five milligrams and the doctor said, you know what, if you don't feel anything at five, but you're still not focused, or you're still just full of energy, um, take 10. So we just started going with that. And then, cause like any other medications, there are side effects and it was just not for me. Yeah. So then we went to Vyvanse. And Vivance did help a lot. Vivance is one of the best ones I've ever taken. And then that stopped working. Um, so and then we went to Dianaville. It's a new medication. I think it just was out like a year ago. And Dianaville, I would recommend if it works out for anyone because there is no side effects. I did not feel drowsy at the very end or felt the medication wearing off.
0: Nice. Yeah. Okay. Um, Are you still on medication?
1: Right now, actually, um, I'm going back to the doctor next week because, again, it's starting not to work as well. Mm -hmm. So I got some blood tests done for it, and I get the results next week. And I go back to the doctor and see what, what what we can do.
0: Cool. So let me ask you, now I'm curious, when you say it's not working well, what are the things you notice? Like, what's the shift that you're seeing, like?
1: For example, um, for me, I like I like when I'm when I'm being busy and when I have something has my attention, right? right? Mm-hmm. And I can get work to like the hyper focus that ADHD ADHD people have. This hyper focus of okay, I want to do this, I want to do this. Yeah, that is that I don't get it, and then like I don't get it. Like I don't. I try to sit down and just work on something, and I can't. Even though I love what I'm doing, it my brain just goes out and just thinks of other things, and. That is one of the things that the medication is not. It's not. I'm not saying it's like I need to just to focus, but it's just I like don't. And then my emotions sometimes swing a lot, like they go up and down because they yeah, intensify. But that I I learned how to manage it again since it was like, well, it's my ADHD, not me. So just chill out, you know. So I take myself away from the crowd or whatever I'm mad at and take myself out and just breathe and kind of techniques that I develop, I guess, by myself and also just doing research of how I can help when medication is not working.
0: That's awesome. Can you expand on that a little bit more? Because I really believe in self-coaching, that inner talk, um, you yeah. know, once you learn a few techniques and sometimes they're so simple that it's not, you know, you don't have to always work with a coach. You don't have to always work with the therapist. There's, the answers are truly within you. I believe that. So what are some of the ways that you've gotten to that point that you can do that switch so quickly and beautifully?
1: Uh, The first one that I learned was when I'm in a crowded room, I get anxiety, you know, just like, okay, what's going on, what's going on. And that again, uh, it was diagnosed like it's anxiety because of ADHD. So when I'm in a crowded room, I try just to relax. And, or if I have a friend with me, which they, I'm again, I'm open with my friends about how that I have ADHD and I have all this, uh, it creates anxiety they'll just be like, okay, you know, just take a break. So I take myself out. But if I don't have friends around me, I have to just go away. And if I have my phone with me, I listen to music or distract myself from what I'm doing. Like take myself away from it Mm -hmm. or visualize myself because I love the ocean, visualize myself on a boat or just sitting down or just being around my dog, you know? But you have to be very aware of those things. And I know there are times that, we can't stop ourselves because our filter's not there at times. Yes, yes. <laughs> so once I feel that emotion, I, I try to just be like, calm down, calm down, or just not respond. That's which is one of the other things I've learned too, is to not respond to everything. And, and people have noticed that, but I tell them it's like, it's just something I need to do just to help myself. And that is one of the biggest ones that has helped me as well is to if someone is telling me something and I don't agree with it or they're being offensive, I just try to ignore it and just walk away. Um, this cause like one of those sayings says, like, you know, once you know yourself, whatever anyone else says, doesn't really matter. And, oh. and that's what, again, when I found out about ADHD, I was like, well, now I know what it is. It's not me. They're not educating themselves around being around people like me. So it's not my fault.
0: That makes total sense. And you're actually utilizing your energy in a way that serves you as opposed to trying to educate someone that isn't even ready to hear it.
1: Correct. And I've, I've told people, because I work uh, with children, and I see some of those kids, because we cannot diagnose, only a doctor can, but I kind of pick up on the symptoms of ADHD. Yes. And then later, parents' tell is like, oh, my child has ADHD. And, I'm, and in my head, I was like, well, why didn't you tell me? Because I've probably coached these kids maybe for two to three years. I'm like, well, why didn't you tell me? But it's, again, it's like a parent thing that they think it's something negative. I don't think it's something negative. I think it's one of the best things that I can have.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: once, once they find out that I have ADHD, the kid works at their best. Because they are being involved in like, okay, well, now this person understands me. So I can do this and that, you know?
2: Mm-hmm. And the same
1: thing as an adult, me, when people don't understand what I'm saying or whatever, I try to try to see where, what part of what I'm trying to explain or what they don't understand and how I can bring it up again and help them understand. Because again, our brain thinks so fast and our brain is so creative that sometimes those people don't understand why what I'm saying is going to work.
0: Makes a whole lot of sense. So yeah, on, and- that, on that note, though, what I want to ask you is around, uh, you know, before I, I pushed the record button, we were talking about all the amazing things you've done. So before finding out about your diagnosis, um, tell us a little bit about the different aspects of, of your creative mind. You were talking about that. How were you kind of juggling all of these things that you were doing? and share feel free to share whatever you want with this audience on some of the things you you dabble into which really yeah. represents your brain truly yeah
1: <laughs> so my my
0: creative side is
1: um, people always again when i do something they're like how did you come up with this or they ask me it's like can you help me with this and they, again the best one's like again is how did you come up with this and it's just my brain like there's no there's nothing that i do for it to try to create something it's just like i'm lucky i guess our adhd brain just works by itself and it does it and we come up with things when i was younger i always tell this story that i was in it was in high school we had two weeks for this project and procrastination (laughs) kicked in for me and i worked on this project until no i didn't work on i we had two weeks to work on it and i started working on it two days before it was due But during those two weeks, my brain just started, okay, what can I do? What can I do for this? But I never actually started doing it. Mm -hmm. I just gathered ideas. I didn't even write them down. It was just in my brain. So then two days before I started working on it, and then it was time to present. And It was a a video we had to create. So my video went up, and I was like, I do not know what's going to happen. I don't know if I did it correctly. You know, like all these negative things in my head goes on yeah um because i'm a perfectionist i want everything to go well and i want it to go smooth and when the video was on i was just like uh, my heart was pounding throughout the whole time but people were smiling at the video i look at the professor he looked at me and just smiled at me so when the video turned off the professor says okay that is how you do the video and i was like what the heck
2: <laughs> well, um, you know
1: yeah like i did not know that i had created something you know like something that was what they were looking for i just created because it's what my brain thought should be like right Mm -hmm. then the class ended and the professor came up to me and asked me for the video because he wanted to present to the class how a video should be of the presentation there he's asking for the students to do and i was i was shocked because again i didn't feel like i don't know how to say this i did try my best but I don't know how I did it in two days and it still was the best, you know? Mm -hmm. And the other story I tell is it was uh, in college, it was for a communications class. Again, we had maybe a month, a month to do this. I didn't get started on it until again, I don't know why, it's two days before, always two days for me, two days before. And then I wrote, this time I did write something two days before. (laughs) And then the night before, I was like, well, I kind of know what to say, but let me let me practice the speech. I just went maybe half of the speech, and I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna wing it, whatever. And I was went to class that day it was a 7 a.m. class, if I remember. The professor goes, okay, and the first one up, and calls me up to go on for something. I was like, crap! I did, I don't, I didn't, I didn't rehearse, any, like I didn't rehearse the whole thing. What am I gonna do? So I literally stood by the podium and just started taking deep deep breaths, you know, just like breathing in and out. And I just started looking around. I was like, okay, now I have to do this. Um, Let's go for it. So I did the presentation and once it stopped, everyone started clapping. The professor looked at me and he said, wow. Again, like the best presentation I've seen. The only thing you did wrong was you had one word misspelled and that is it throughout the whole thing. So my, what is it? My grade for that one, he told me was a 98. So when I got off, when I got off to my, when I went to my table to sit down on my desk, the students were like, I don't want to go up anymore because it was that good. But again, my brain didn't think it was that good because it was just something I just did, you know?
0: That you, you bring up, and that's amazing because you're bringing up so many classic examples of what I hear when I talk to people about, you just kind of packaged it up in a, in a few things. So if I could just share back my observation and, and this, this comes up a lot, um, the the perfectionist. That uh, sometimes we don't start something because the first step has to be the perfect step before we go right. in, right? And then yes. when we're in, the whole thing has to be perfect. So there's some of us like that. There's some of us that yes, we wait till the last two days. Because we need that feeling, that motivation to get us yeah. fueled up so that we can get going. And then once we do it, there's some of us that will go back and say, well, shit, what if I had done it, you know, three weeks before? What if I had put more time into it? If it was this, it could have been even better. So then instead of celebrating, we go into a bit of a guilt and, and um, you know, the, the sorrow of it all. And oh well, I didn't give it my all, but it was still okay. So we don't celebrate. And then yeah. there, there's this other part of, well, why the hell do I even procrastinate to begin with? What what's wrong with me? Why why yeah. is it happening? And one thing I learned through my studies and and also what they teach us at the ADD Academy is and you kind of you're like so textbook the way you covered this. It's um it, it's a model that that we follow. That first, you know, it, it's, there has to be uh interest. Then there's intention. tension. Then there is this ignition of, I got to get this done. And how am I going to do it? And then you follow your gut and you just go all in. And most of time, I think if we follow this model, it makes life easier. So somebody like you, you naturally know to do that, which is super cool. <laughs> Thank so, you. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. And I think what's uh, it. The more we trust our intuition, the more we know that the answers are truly within us, you can do some of these amazing things that, that you've done. So congratulations on your, trusting your higher self that, that you- Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. That's that
1: true. And it is true because I spoke to a therapist and about things that I feel and then I do and they work out well. And it was, it was told to me that our intuition of an ADHD person is stronger than ADHD. someone does not have ADHD.
0: Yeah. And I think part of that is because we're so freaking hypersensitive to everything. So our yeah. are like so alert. Like we feel here so much and we feel other people's energies. We vibrate, you know, with them. So, and, and they call us also empaths. So we have a lot of emotions for others. So I think that kind of plays with it. And that's one of the things that I like people to know is work with your strengths, this It's not a bad thing to procrastinate because no, it yeah. will come flying out of nowhere, which is great. Yeah. So yeah. Good on you for that. So let me ask Thanks. you, pre-diagnosis, the one yes. struggle that kind of kept you up, like why, why, why? And then after diagnosis, how did you deal up with that same struggle?
2: Uh,
1: let's see. The hardest one that I realized was maybe having to hey okay, this is one having too much energy that i knew i had too much energy but i couldn't calm myself down even though my body was tired but my brain wanted to keep going yes because i even when i was when I'm around with friends I'm always the one that the funny one <laughs> the one that they that everyone picks up the energy from and starts i guess the party or whatever you want to call it and one day, I didn't want. I again, I was self where I was like, you know what? This time, I'm just gonna not do anything because I'm I'm actually really tired, and I'm just not gonna say anything. So I just sat there, and my heart still like started pounding because it wanted to release the energy, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And even friends came up to me and was like, "Are you okay?" And I was like, "Yeah, I'm fine. I just, I just don't want to be l- not loud. I just don't want to be hyper right now. I just don't. I just want to calm down. But I, my body is telling me that I have to move around." And that was hard because, again, at night, too, when you want to go to sleep, your brain just thinks, of, thinks everything that could possibly go, you know, and even wake up in the middle of the night or not get a full night's sleep, which was I would usually, before my diagnosis, I was probably only getting four hours of sleep to five hours, and I couldn't take a nap during the day. And then when I was diagnosed, all that changed. I was able to go to bed, maybe fall asleep 30 minutes when I was in bed and I was able just to go to a room or just not, not be too hyper. And my body just felt relaxed. I was, my brain just felt calm.
0: Was it the medication or was it?
1: The medic? it was, I, part of it was the medication, but also I was self aware again, that most of the things that I was doing of my energy was my ADHD. And when I had the medication, it just keeps you focused. So, you're aware if you're, well, me, I was aware that I was, oh, and you're just being too not, you know, loud or you're just too much energy right now. So calm down, <laughs> bring it down a notch. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. I like that because what you're doing with your awareness, I, I hear self-compassion. I hear self-care. I hear, oh, here it is. Now I know what to do and then switch as opposed mm-hmm. to being a victim and why and and recently yeah. I post on that is you can look at it through the lens of woe me or be angry about it or treat it as here's an opportunity. I have this amazing brain that I'm going to do some really kick-ass stuff with. Yeah. Which and is- that's
1: what I, yeah. And again, that's what I said is like, I am happy that I have an ADHD brain while well, other people are like, well, why, you know, it's like, it's something negative. And I don't think again, it's negative. And people I've spoken to once, Once I tell them that they, well, they, once they tell me they have ADHD, I tell them all the positive things and their view of ADHD changes, even for a parent, you know? Yeah. And it literally just changes the dynamic of the parent when the kid's not doing well. Well, then now they understand it's not the child, it's the ADHD. So don't punish the child, you know, don't be mad at them at school too. They do that. They, they tell kids to sit and just listen and that's not how an ADHD brain works,
2: hmm. Mm-hmm. And
1: once you once the it's I think it is the adult job anywhere if you work with children is how to work with anyone, any type of child, it doesn't matter what they have. If you're a professional, what you do, then educate yourself of how to make that child work. For example, in anything um, that I do, I am I work really hard for it. And it's a representation of myself. So if I have to work with someone, I try, especially a kid on the sport that I do, is that if that child's not listening or whatever, I try to find a way to make them work. Because if that child is not learning, then I'm not doing my job. And the reason why the child is going there is because they want to learn. And if they can't learn, then I'm not a good teacher. Yeah. And I think, I, don't, I think it should also be to normal teachers in educational system, because they know there's people with ADHD and dyslexia and any other uh, special needs or that need the four one one or yeah yeah um, the five oh four I'm sorry the five oh four but parents are not going to tell you so teachers should take the time to just educate themselves because these everyone wants to learn everybody wants to feel like they're getting something done and every brain is different you know I actually went to school two, went back to school two years ago because I wanted to feel like, okay, I got an education. And when I was there, I realized that they're teaching me um, everything like math or biology, history, just like anyone else. And the way I see it is that I look like any other student. I, I wear shoes, I wear, I wear my backpack. Yes, I look like one of those, but I don't function like one of those. You know, For example, I tell people, if you get a tortoise and a turtle, and you throw a tortoise to the ocean, you might drown that tortoise, so educate yourself the difference between two things that look the same, because one of them you might, you know, one of them, you're going to drown, or you're going to make it struggle, while the other one is easy to just move around life, you know, and you, another one is so beautiful, and that's the
0: way,
1: and that's, that's the thing is, like, you, there's, there, yes, they look like turtles and a tortoise, but if you don't know the difference, one of them is not going to make it, you know, yeah, and and you can't also make something function just because it's in, it, it wants to be there. For example, you can't take a polar bear and take it to Africa and ex- expect it just to function as a normal polar bear. No, because that's not its environment. So if you take a person or a, st- a student with ADHD or dyslexia again or anything they have and you put it where it does not have the environment and eat well, you're literally just putting it to, to make it fail.
0: Yeah, and and it's interesting because take that further to um, the corporations and how we are in offices in the, in the corporate setting. I, I, I come from that for, you know, past 20 years of my career and some of the stuff that I did when I look back, if if the structure, if the environment was different on certain things that I struggled with, had they known or had I known because I was late diagnosed as well, I would have showed up differently, you know? Um, yeah. Like doing paperwork, like, I, I, I hate doing paperwork. To this day, I still, you know, have issues yeah. I just can't sit there and just, it just takes too much out of me. It's not exciting. Mm-hmm. It's not fun, right? Um, but knowing, like, hey, maybe if you don't want to do paperwork, there's an assistant that does paperwork for all of those that, that don't like to do their paperwork. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, finding your own hacks, like, I, I almost feel like I kind of, had my own hacks and a lot of people do in the professional settings. even businesses too. business owners are the same is the way they run their business. There's one way of doing it. And then they try to fit it to be the same as everybody else. Well, if everybody else is running their business this way, maybe there's something wrong with me. Yeah. Just embracing that there's nothing wrong. It's just your way is also better, or maybe it could be better than everybody else. It's just that we're that creative actually. And I believe that, we try to play small when, you know, as opposed to, you know, trying to fit in with the norm is okay. Everybody else is doing it this way. I guess I have to do it the same way, but those yeah. people don't have that same brain wiring like that ADHDers do where we can come up with 20 other ways of doing it.
2: Correct. So, yeah.
0: Which And it makes so much sense for a teacher to embrace that with their students at such a young age to make it okay. Like I remember I hated math. I had one teacher in grade 10. I may, I, all of my marks were like high, high, high in her class. Uh-huh. i was so sad because I couldn't have her again, but she was the only one that taught me math the way I needed to learn it. Yeah. And I will never forget that. And I think sometimes one person can make such a difference in a child's life. Yeah. That, so I, I hear that in you, which is so great. So let me ask you something else. Um, something that your ADHD got in the way and I don't want to call it a failure but something that your ADHD really held you back on can you think of one what it was like
1: uh, let me see i guess it's the let me oh i guess following the rules <laughs> you know like as rules as in as in the child not as an adult cuz yeah there's consequences for that but as a kid because I look back and I realize how much I guess trouble my parents not trouble just how time stressed my parents were of trying to be like you know calm down or just oh or the depression actually and the anxiety that went with it
2: Mm -hmm. that
1: is a struggle actually that was it because my parents would be like why why are you sad again because actually when I was it all I still remember that it was first day of school the Sunday every Sunday I would go to my parents and just want to be with them and just start crying and and I was like I don't know it's like uh, when I'm at school I'm fine but going there walking there or just driving there I just couldn't do it and it turned out again it was part of the ADHD which was anxiety just doing something and that I'm still again I'm still trying to learn a way with it to to deal with it It actually just happened on saturday i was sweating because i had to be in front of people
2: mm-hmm.
1: and it was the first time the people i work with noticed that and they're like what's going on i was like i have anxiety like really bad and just being around people that are really close to you and they're going to be staring at you is something that i'm still working with and i just told them, it's like it's anxiety i'll figure out a way and it was just weird because they've never seen me like that because they usually just see me happy and just doing my job. Mm-hmm. And when that happened, they were like, what? <laughs> like, it was one of those things like, uh, what's going on? And it's still, again, it was as a kid, I would just try to be, I, I had loads of friends, like lots of friends, and I still do. But there are times that I just cannot make myself go to events.
0: Yeah why is it the number of people that are there is it the noise is it the well i the patient of what's going to happen
1: i don't know because like as i told you i do the acting and modeling so i always i do people are looking at me and basically they're taking photos of you or video and but when i'm on the
0: spotlight
1: yeah i'm a spotlight but when i am just in a regular room it's just that i don't know it's like i don't I'm still literally trying to figure out what it is, like even walking, like in the streets too, Mm
2: -hmm. on
1: when the, the lights green for me to walk by the sidewalk and walk across the street. I have to either walk fast or go around the car. I don't know why. I, it's just, again, something that I still, to this day, I'm trying to work with it. I even told myself, I was like, try to act like a character you've played on, on TV or something. And. It's just, I can't get into the character because <laughs> I'm not in that environment of where I have to be something else, you know, or sometimes too, I, when i go to a coffee shop and work on websites, I either wear a beanie or a hat and I still don't, again, it's just something that I'm still trying to work through and I know I have it, but again, it's just baby steps that I'm not going to force myself to put myself in situations that I don't feel comfortable yet because again, I have to take care of my mental health first.
0: Yeah, makes sense. Makes a whole lot of sense. So let me ask you, these days, what are you curious about um, as it relates to ADHD and yourself and others? What's coming um, keep you up at night?
1: What keeps me up at night?
0: Yeah, in a positive way, in a curiosity way. <laughs>
1: Still about ADHD or just in life?
0: Um, you can do both. Tell me both. Or one or the
1: other? Well, one of them is that, let me see. Well, why is ADHD still seen as a negative thing when we've done some research and most of the, mo- of the successful inventors, creators, billionaires, millionaires, actors and actresses, award winners have ADHD dyslexia? or anxiety and depression, and we still see it as something that is negative. When ADHD is something to be, that basically we are the entertainers, we are the people that create things, we are the people that invent things because we need it in this world in order to solve a problem. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, and just life is just, I don't know, life? <laughs> um I guess, why people just don't focus more on their mental health and just think that everyone should just be happy when everyone struggles with something, you know, make their life perfect when it's not.
0: Amen. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. I agree on both because I I think there's, on mental health, there's such such a stigma around, well if somebody says, I'm depressed, or somebody says, I'm anxious, you know, depending on who's around you, oh, it's all in your head, snap out of it, like, you know, those, those phrases that you hear, I think one of the deep-rooted issues is, I wish it was taught to us when we were in school, you know, as opposed to, I mean, I love, don't get me wrong, there, there's education, and then there's the stuff that is going to impact us as adults, and I think, learning about the brain was one of the things that was a miss in education system. Yeah. Not just knowing the brain parts, but how it actually works and how it affects you and how it makes you move and, you know, do what you end up doing. Cause at the end of the day, this is what we're all dealing with. And for those of us, you know, some, some went to psychology education, some went to counseling, they have a little bit more knowledge, but the rest of us that took other things it's now like, I feel like I'm kind of going backwards and saying, okay, what do I need to know about this brain of mine? That is everything yeah. making me do. And the other yeah. part about the, the stigma, which ties to that is a lot of times when I'm talking to adults is, well, don't we all have ADHD? I mean, yeah, the brain is the brain. We all have the brain, but some of us under stress, it can show as ADHD, but some of us live with it day in and day out and that's why they explain it it's like imagine you're under stress that's what ADHD could look like but then even if you're not stressed my brain is the same it it just is that intense yeah so I think with people like you with others that I've spoken with hopefully with this podcast there's we can be that voice and I I think it's in the near future because lately I'm seeing a lot of stuff on LinkedIn happening there's a gentleman in the UK he's a he has a recruiting agency and he just came out about his ADHD and he's just like all over LinkedIn without being talked about. There's yeah. also Mel Robbins, the author of five second. Yeah. Um, well, she just came out and said it now. I'm like, okay, maybe there's hope. It's, it's happening, but yeah. also I think it needs to happen, not at that level, but at like the, the ground, like in offices, in places of work and to be able to really educate and be our own advocate which is what you're doing so i thank you for that for, for giving that voice for those that don't speak up.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: so um last but not least and and i so appreciate our time together and i love your analogies that the, the turtle one and the tortoise that one is going to stay with me forever because i'm very <laughs> grateful, and that one's like yeah that's a good one <laughs> um, if you were to is there anything that i didn't ask that you want to share with this audience is there anything that you want to tell them
1: um i guess to uh, just to like you say you know speak up when something is not right and people are just trying to make you feel down because i've had that before when i told them i had adhd and they tried to make fun of me and i did not be quiet. <laughs> I stood up for myself and I said, "No, you do not treat me this way," because again, I uh, I see kids that do not have a voice, and that I think it's what's more painful to see an adult making fun of a child or belittling them, but it's not their fault. So when they get to adults, they they think they're failures. They think that everything they do is wrong, but it's the opposite, you know. And if you see that, I guess just stand up or say something to them and it's not, it's not gonna hurt anyone. It's actually gonna benefit everyone because then you educate someone.
2: Yeah. And, if,
1: and if, you have, if you know people that have it or if you know the symptoms of ADHD or you know someone that you think might have it, then try to be a close friend to them because they're the ones that actually need the help because if they're not diagnosed with it, but you can kind of pick the symptoms, they're the ones that are actually struggling more than, than even those that have ADHD and take the medication because they're going through that stress. They're going through that anxiety. They're going through that depression. They're going through that emotion of that. I'm a failure, you know, and there's many things again, this it's not just symptoms of emotions, but also in relationships and jobs and friendships and, and things that I realized like, okay, now I know why this has happened, you know, Mm -hmm. and just, why sometimes relationships don't work um, friendships end really quickly and it was just I guess just be aware and know again like I mentioned at the, mention the beginning that once I was diagnosed that it wasn't me it's my ADHD for example if you have a broken leg and you can't run it's not you it's because you have a broken leg so just just think about it that it's not again not you
0: yeah and you don't make an excuse for it you actually do something about it that's the next step you take it
1: yes I don't Yes, so I try to not make an excuse and point the finger something something else because I have to take full responsibility of what I've done even if I said something which I've learned how to not how to filter myself actually and not say things just randomly but I do remember when I say something but I always would apologize and -hmm. say you know what sorry that said this or whatever but Yeah, there's just things that I'm grateful that I was diagnosed with it. And now, again, I can share my story with people and hopefully help others that are still, maybe they think they have it, maybe they, you know, just still there. But again, if you think you have it, just go get checked if you have ADHD because for me, it has been one of the best things and it changed my life. It just made me more self-aware of what I'm capable of doing.
0: Yeah, and you're tapping into that inner genius, which I love.
1: Yeah, thank you. That
0: is awesome. So i like to thank you so much for giving us your time today, to sharing your stories, giving us some cool examples. I, I am feeling so happy for those students or those, you know, the, the, the students that you have, the, the ones that mm. you coach. They are so lucky to have you in their lives. So you're definitely making an impact. So thank you for doing that and being there for them. There's more, the world needs more of you for sure.
1: Thank you. And
0: thank you for having me. Yeah, I appreciate it. Okay, folks, this was another episode. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, You can find uh, ADHD coach underscore on Instagram. That's where his account is. Again, it's ADHD coach underscore. And you can always find me on on Instagram on uh, ProudlyADHD, Coach Kathy. I show up there as well. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. And we'll be back uh, with another episode soon.